You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What is really good, everybody? Welcome back to the Get Tucked podcast. I am your host, Tuck. This is a very exciting day for me. A little while back, my friend and booking agent, Matt Anderson, asked if I would like to team up with Sound Talent Media. They are helping myself and a bunch of other podcasts like the Punk Rock NBA, Peer Pleasure, and more, which I'm a huge fan of both of those. Matt has helped Fit for a King to grow a lot over the years, and I know I'm in good hands. So the show will be the same. We're sticking to Mondays for now. If anything changes, I will let you know. Um, This last drop for Featured X, we added some super beefcakes, including Alex from Silent Planet, Kevin from the Acacia Strain, and a bunch of others. I'm really stoked on expanding our session work, and not everyone has a full band, but wants one. So, you know, this way you can go and hire your favorite musicians, vocalists, guitarists, bassists, drummers, whatever you need, at FeaturedX.com. All right, motherfuckers! Now, with this week's show. We have Jacob Willie of the band Chamber. Jacob is one of my favorite newer vocalists in one of my favorite younger bands. We have some mutual friends and have talked a little bit here and there. We are very lucky to have Jacob also on Featured X as well. More importantly, this week is a huge one for Chamber. They have released their debut full-length, Cost of Sacrifice, on Pure Noise Records. Being a young band, this album means a lot and can weigh heavily on them. Please purchase it now. Go to iTunes and download it. If you can do more than just stream, please do. They have some vinyl out. They have great merch. If streaming is your thing, leave that shit on overnight and really help them out. Pump it up. That would be sweet. Here we go. My conversation with Jacob Willie of Chamber. Jacob Willie of the band Chamber. Uh, Jacob, how are you today? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, man? You know, I'm trying a different approach. I think I'm going to be really soft and sweet today. Uh, you know, do it like inside a library style. Inside the library. I like it. I like it. No, fuck it. Let's get Screamo. Hi. <laughs> hey. Wow, I'm joined by one of the most Screamo people in the universe, Jacob Lilly. Uh You may attest to the fact that you're Screamo or not Screamo, but I'm going to say you're Screamo. Uh, am, am I Screamo? I mean, you scream. 
Oh, shit. I guess so. Yeah. No, your band's pretty hard. You guys aren't screamo. You're like, I don't know. It's like saying like Misery Signals is a screamo band. Misery Signals isn't a screamo band. You guys aren't a screamo band. But I Yeah, like, I mean, honestly, what is Misery Signals? Just a metal band, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, you know, I never really could put them in like some particular box. Um, just good. They're just a good band. Um, a great band. Amazing yeah, a band. great a great band with incredible songs. <laughs> yeah, for shizzle. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. We have um, Carl on the Feature Deck site, and I really loved the years that he was in Ms. Sigs, and I, I would be really cool just to meet Jesse or get to speak with him because um, I feel like he would be fun to talk to. You yeah, know, very I interesting mean, character. Um, we were we were supposed to do those shows with Missigs and it got canceled. So I, I mean, uh, that's no just, shit. That's right, kinda, right, 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 right. Yeah. Who else was on that? It was us and um, Misery Signals and a, another band. I can't remember. I, I think they were like friends with Misery Signals. They were like a like a band around that era, but I can't. Uh, I I just can't remember off the top of my head right oh, now. Okay, that's cool though. That would be amazing. Yeah. I would love to. I've uh, I've only seen them in Carl form. I've never seen them in any other form. So it would be cool to get to see them with Jesse as the frontman. But you were in a band before Chamber that was called Dwell, right? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sick. I was trying to think of that this morning where I was like, I know he was in a band that started to get some hype before Chamber, but I couldn't remember what it was. I don't. I don't know if it was hype or not, or we were just touring enough and everyone knew yeah who we were but no one would come to the shows yeah i mean i'd say enough where i knew about it but maybe i didn't listen to it as much as i now have listened to chamber um where i guess i came you know i would say i was more of a fan of chamber first and then started harassing you on the internet um (laughs) before we had spoken but um well this is our first time actually fucking talking to be clear which is great. I love Which is great. It's, it's new amazing. And fresh. Um, and thanks again for being on the show today. I'm stoked. You guys have a new album that is coming out this Friday. Cost of Sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Friday the 23rd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, this coming. Well, by the time this airs, it'll be this Friday. So that's what it'll be. It'll be Friday. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That's fucking sick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, is this the? The well, no, you put out one album with Pure Noise. It was like a, it was like a, it was like a comp of all of our old songs. So I don't know. It was eight songs. So I don't know if it was like an album. Honestly, it was just like old songs. I guess. Yeah, I guess like revamping or remastered tracks, however you want to look at it. But it was smart, I guess, just to take you know the best of what you guys had done and then put that out right away. And then give you some time to really write a record and work on it. But, you know, it's funny. I just had Justin from uh, Wrist Meat Razor on here. And I was like, hey, your album's only 21 minutes long. Like, I want more. Like, that's a cool thing. Because <laughs> then by the time it's done, I, I'm ready to listen to the beginning again. But at the same time, I wanted like five more tracks. So it's excited to not have to deal with that with your band again. Because you're going to actually give us a little bit more to dive into. It's only 29 minutes. You only yeah, got, gave us eight more it's like half an hour, you know? Yeah. And your band is uh, just 
the songs aren't super long and I like that. It just kind of gives you all the good parts that you want and none of the bullshit. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I hope that's what it is, you know, like it's no bullshit and it's just good parts, but maybe, maybe people say it's all bullshit, you know? So <laughs> who knows? Well, it's nice too, that you have, you stick out in, you know, cause there's, there's bands that you could very easily, you know, go on tour with, whether it's counterparts or misery signals or knock loose and stuff like that, but you don't directly sound like any of those bands. Um, and it's very refreshing. It's nice to hear someone where I'm like, oh, this is some of my favorite influences, but it's new to me and it still feels fresh. You're, you know, the musicians in the band are stupid. I think they're, oh. <laughs> they're in, really talented, but really stupid. Um, cause I don't know how they think of half the shit. Your drummer I, is just yeah. straight dumb. I don't know how they think of it either. Like when we were writing and stuff, um, Gabe and our drummer, like we, they all live in a house besides me. So like I will go over there and, um, Gabe and our drummer will just be like playing along to something. I'm just like, dude, how do you, like, how do you even think of any of this shit? I don't know. They got that big brain thing going on over there. Yeah, They got, Um, they got like the good, the good mix. They found, they found their thing and they're like, yeah, I like to write music with you and and it, it, it works. Yeah, and it sounds like they play. So obviously, if they live together, they like each other and play together a lot. Um, um, yeah, I we I went up there to shoot the music video for the song that came out yesterday, and we sat down and, and jammed a little bit, and they were just like, "Yo, this is the first time we've sat down and wrote heavy music, and like since since we wrote the record." So, oh, I'm wow. like that, yeah, I'm like that's crazy. Well, that's nice. I always like to take a break too, though after I finish making a record of straight mosh and riffs yeah exactly and that's you know i have my little side thing i go and make my emo songs with and then i'm instantly after that's done i'm like riffs breakdowns (laughs) let's go write some Um, more breakdowns write a fucking sick sick song that has mosh parts so are they in nashville or where are they living yeah they're in nashville um okay Gabe, Taylor, and our bass player, Chris, all live in the same house in Nashville. That's awesome. That sounds very yeah. nice. Um, I would like to live in a house with my friends. I mean, we'd probably need to all have our partners, and Bob would have three kids, so that would be a lot. So you um, need a mansion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. And it would just, I don't think, I, you know, you can't really, like, smoke weed in the same house as little kids, so I probably shouldn't do that. Um, some, someone's going to have to compromise, so... There we yeah, go. Yeah, it's uh. it, it. It would cause a lot of problems. <laughs> I assume, not like problems, problems, but like you smoke weed around my kid. What the hell is wrong with you? Oh my god! No, so they're gonna learn one day. You know, it's like why not now? Yeah, <laughs> I'm right. Just kidding. You know, it's funny. I didn't. You know, my parents were so good at convincing me of the silly little things of like, yeah, we've never smoked pot or whatever. You know, it was now, all lies. Just yeah, lies. All lies. It was all bullshit. You know. My mom still tells me. I mean, I don't know if she does or not. She's never smoked around me, but she's like, "Oh, it it makes me feel crazy. I don't do it." And I'm just like, I mean, "You probably should, honestly." Yeah, as they say, weed is tight. Um, weed is weed no, is tight. Kids, don't do drugs. So, yeah, drugs yeah. are bad for you. Chamber is a straight edge band. Um, there's, uh, yeah. <laughs> No, Chambers uh, straight edge band. Chambers not, yeah. So were any I'm of the these other one. dudes? Um, wait, you're Edge? You're straight edge, yeah. dude? 
I'm the shit. only one. Good for you. But weed is tight, you know? Weed it, is tight. Weed is tight. Do you, uh, do you um, drink caffeine? Oh, I'm drinking a, a nice cup of coffee right now. So, oh, yeah. okay. So that's like your, that's your guy. That's your vice you've left yourself. Um, if, if, if I'm on tour, it's, it's, if we can't find like a nice coffee shop, it'll be drink three Red Bulls a day. So, yeah. See, I, I, I just can't, don't want to do the calories. That's the whole thing with the, I love Red Bulls and I drink them a lot on tour too. Like, especially if it's like, yeah, we're going to go on and play ah, Red Bulls and then, or like take some pre-workout or some shit. But I'm trying to do this whole, like, um, learn discipline and be on a diet thing. And, oh, no. uh, yeah. So I'm just drinking black coffee all the time. And uh, that's, that's all I drink when I'm at home is black coffee. I, it, when the quarantine started, it was just like, oh, what what can I get to con- like make my mind not go crazy? And it was just like, oh, I'll, I'll start brewing my own coffee and stuff. And so that's what that's like I Trevor spent. in our in our crew. You know Trevor? Oh, he grew up yeah. in North Carolina with you, I guess, from yeah. what he's told me. Um, yeah, I love Trevor. Yeah, super nice guy. Um, he's quite the guitar player and photographer himself. Um, for everyone listening, Trevor is our photographer and tours with us if you've seen a picture of mine in the last two years it's him um and And yeah he's i guess that was our introduction kind of was trevor yeah i mean he i think around the time when you know the the redux came out or what i i mean because i hadn't really listened to the band so i considered it a first record or whatever right from my perspective and then he was like, oh, I actually like grew up with those dudes. Like that side project I was doing is like affiliated with so-and-so or whatever. And, you know, little things where I was like, oh, that's, that's fucking cool. I actually really like this band. Um, I'll take credit. I'd say I'm the one in the band that generally listens to new stuff. Uh, I, try to, I try to keep up with it. Because um, your band is more so the kind of stuff that I went and saw when I was younger. I wasn't... I played in a scene band, you know, in like the 2008-ish time, but we were more so going for like a more rock, like Oceana meets Under Oath kind of thing um, at the time. You know, I wasn't like into like a super scene thing. And the stuff that I really tended to go want to see myself was, you know, the Misery Signals, Shy Hulud, that kind of shit, which definitely you're you know, tying into my favorite, you know, one of my favorite bands in in high school, one of my favorite metalcore records of all time is that within blood ill tempered by shy hood. And your band follows a similar motif where it's like, well, we're, we're not really focusing on verse chorus or anything. We're just creating these songs with ebb and flow. And it still ends up having a similar feeling where there's catch and release, like a song that has verses in a bridge and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's just more big brain, like I mentioned, and that sounds like a silly phrase, but it's just kind of what we call people that are like just super technical players. I'm just like, wow, you're you're just playing that big brain shit. Like, how many time signatures can you fit into a single song? <laughs> um, but that's got to be fun for you as a vocalist because you've got a tr- you have quite the challenge. You're not given the easiest song to go and make something rhythmic with but you do a very good job at still creating very memorable vocals and creating solid one-liners. So um, 
it's a nice, it's, it's very similar to that within Blood Ill Tempered, where it was, there's chaos going on in the music, but vocally I have something to follow and there's a story being told here and it's, yeah, it's very impactful for me. So it's cool to see shit come back around and some bands that are able to actually pull off this style of music. So Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's why Shai Hulud got so popular was because it was like so chaotic, but yet they could still pull off like the lyric placement and the crazy one-liners and stuff like, like right. that. Like, I mean... I, I didn't grow up listening to Childhood, but uh, Dwell did a tour with them. That's and by the end of the tour, I was like, I know literally all of these songs because they're oh, so yeah. catchy, but yet they're so insanely yeah. chaotic, you know? I would say and for that. people listening, like, go listen to a song like Set Your Body Ablaze by Childhood. Oh. And that yeah. would be a really good example for you to understand what we're trying to talk about, where um, there's not your standard... Um, you know, songwriting style, but there's still really big moments. And one of the most epic fight breakdowns at the Ever. end of that shit. Like, if you don't hear that and want to pull a sword out of your back and stab someone in the heart with it, <laughs> you're a fucking bitch. Um, exactly. that shit, when I was in my car in high school and I'm, like, getting going to fucking school in the morning, I put that shit on, I was just like, yes, I am the king. And <laughs> if was, anybody just, fucks oh, with me today, they're done. Yeah, it's so sick, man. Um, I had such a great, great time growing up. Because that band come, like, they moved from Florida to Poughkeepsie. Yeah, and yeah. I ended up playing in that area, which is where I hailed from when I was a young buck. Um, your uh, girlfriend, if I'm correct, like, she lives in the Northeast, so you were up here for a little bit, right? Yeah, uh, she actually just moved down to North Carolina with me. So oh, God we're, bless. That's awesome, dude. Hell yeah. yeah. Congratulations. We've been um, hanging out. Congrats to you both. Um, yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe not her. She probably will hate me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nah, dude. If, you know, if they make those choices, they know that they're getting themselves into. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure that my fiance hates me sometimes, but the truth is, she can't fucking live without me. I'm the greatest <laughs> thing that's ever happened to her. I'm fucking exactly. awesome. Her getting to live with me is probably the coolest thing she's ever done. And I know she's not going to listen to this. So I can say whatever I want. Um, <laughs> she comes home and she just hears you talking about this right now and she's like you motherfucker um no nah, she's deletes hot the whole she's podcast. nice so it's cool. yeah right because she could my my laptop is always open so she could just go in and actually delete the whole thing um takes it off spotify her. deletes featured eggs it's yeah. over <laughs> everything <Bro. laughs> oh my god she yeah that would be tough um no, i was kidding Bro, she wouldn't do that shit. She, <laughs> please. You make millions <laughs> off play. of it. She would never. Yo, honestly, like I'm trying to get huge, bro. Now she's mad supportive of all the stupid shit I do, um, but she also lets me joke like an idiot all the time, which is nice. Um, yeah, but she's I mean, great. I'm a lucky son of a bitch to have an awesome partner like her who can be like, "Hey, you're only gonna work five days this year." Oh, okay. I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right, right, right. Same with my girlfriend. It's like, oh, you want to go tour and make zero dollars? I guess I'll buy you food when you get home. <laughs> eh, you'll make money soon, though. What you know, <clears throat> I've been having this discussion, you know, throughout. Obviously, I've only run, had the show during quarantine. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things I've focused on is that when everything returns, 
there's going to be less venues, right? So with less venues, there's less tours and less people start using more DIY venues like VFWs and Elks Lodges, which hopefully that will happen. But with that, it makes tours more selective, allowing opening bands to be on better tours if chosen. And you guys are one of those bands that just got a fantastic hype you're not choosing to hold out your record until next year and put it out with everyone else. You're being smart and you're putting it out in a time when people can really digest it and be like, holy shit, maybe Chamber was my favorite band of quarantine. And that's going to be a huge thing because a lot of people are being silly and saving them and it's going to come out right before tours are supposed to come back. And then there's 500 records to choose from. Right, and then right. no one actually digested it. So you're not actually holding any weight on these tours where you might really be able to hold some weight on a tour because a lot of people had time to digest your album because you put it out properly, um, in my opinion. And that's just an opinion. Um, I mean, I feel like if we waited and put it out, like whenever tour came back, it would just be like, okay, I hate this record now. Like I don't, I don't even want to play anything off of it, you know? So it's like, yeah, I'm. I'm I mean, glad sit we sit on it for two years. Like, yeah, like insane. Like, I mean, it's either we put it out now, people have nothing to do, and we'll listen to it, or we sit on it and be like, oh, I find I actually hate these songs. I never want to put it out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I'm. I'm glad, you know. Like, uh, like I mean, pure noise. I'm sure I think, it's nerve wracking for you as a young band, where it's uh, that's a hard decision to make, where. I think when you're a little farther along, it's easier to be like, well, yeah, sure, we might not sell as many records right now as we would have on a Parkway Drive tour, but fuck it. Fuck it, you know? Like, who cares? Yeah, it's still going to be all right, but, you know, yeah, so there's there's tension there. But continue, sorry. I think uh, Pure Noise, like, came with us, came to us and was like, do you want to just put it out? And we were just kind of like, sure. Like, I mean, uh, like, we just keep going with it like we planned on, you know, like, Cause like we 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 had tours until the end of the year, and then the record would have came out, and it would have been great. But like obviously now it's like we won't be on tour, we won't sell as much many records, but also we won't have to compete with bands on tour, or you know like and people oh, yeah. people are are working now. I guess some I'm working, so if I'm working, yeah, a lot of people, people are working. Yeah, yeah, so. <clears throat> I feel like it, it. I feel like it would probably do the same, you know. Like if we were on tour, we might sell two more copies at a show or something. But I feel like still, if people listen to it and they like it, they'll probably still buy it offline, you know. Yeah, I just you know I think it's a little brave, and and I appreciate it because one one thing that people are forgetting is now when you're putting out this album. What's another record this week that you're like, oh man, what's our big competition this week? Can you think of one? Mm, no, I, maybe another Pure Noise band that comes out like Wednesday and we come out Friday, you know, but I don't, no. they have, yeah. no, I, I don't, don't, not that nobody. I know of, you know, yeah, next week so. is, uh, you know, this week was Kingdom of Giants, next week is yeah, you yeah, guys, week after week. that, it's like Moths to Flames, um, but I can't think of any direct competition for you right now. And that's fucking awesome. And when right. we put out our record, there was no direct competition. And not that I, I can recall. Um, and that was huge for us. And that allows you to, you know, 
poll better and do better in your numbers and stuff like that. Um, maybe you don't. We don't sell as many records as we would have if we are on tour, and then allowing more bands to be releasing right now because the everything's normal. Um, but I'll take what I can get, and it was kind of nice. Yeah, um, it was. You guys crushed it. it thank was you, it. sir. Yeah, we. You know, it was cool to see everyone's support because also at the t- same time, taking into account. People have been really down to support our bands and buy merchandise and help us to not, you know, lose everything in this, you know, seven month period. So you think they won't pre-order your album? You're exactly. crazy. Um, of course um, they will. I just saw a I, local show in October. Someone's putting on like a local show in October, like October 10th, October 30th or something, which is soon. And it sold yeah. out, I guess. And I'm not going to say who or where it is because I don't want to blast them. But I was like, holy shit, this is brave of you to actually play a show. But at least it sold out. That's kind of cool. It means people want to go. Yeah, you sold it out. <laughs> you know, if people want to go, then fuck it. I'm not going to make fun of you for it. Um, Before quarantine, they were selling 10 tickets and now they're selling 100. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I think that, you know, could kind of be the case. And. It's going to, there's going to be a time period because it's funny, you know, when Smash Mouth or whatever uh, trap do it and shit, everyone's like, fuck those bands, fuck them. But, (laughs) you know, if one of our friends decide, they're like, you know what, it's been long enough, I'm really poor, I'm going to play a show. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'm not. And I could be, I mean, at that point, I mean, do whatever, like, like, I might not show up and I might, like, laugh at you. Cause I don't yeah. know, but <laughs> I mean, if you like, I mean, even in North Carolina, there's like kids like throwing DIY shows and stuff, and like oh. people are people are like clowning on them. I was like, I mean, like I'm not like one one kid like hit me up was like, hey, like we're we're doing this in my basement, and I was just like, dude, I'm I'm literally not gonna come. Yeah, but cool, like do whatever you want, like, and yeah. uh, it's just like. I think if you can do it like how I think Beartooth did it, they did like yep. the Drive outside show. show, Census Failed did it in Canada or something. Like, uh, that's Silverstein cool. did it. Yeah. Silverstein, yeah, sorry, I'm stupid. No, no, um, no. Um, you know, I had a talk with a friend today about calling myself stupid because I do it all the time, especially <laughs> on this show. But see, when I'm doing it in regards to me talking about science or COVID, I say it because it's fact because I almost – I've, I had to retake like two regences in high school because I failed them. Um, but. You graduated high school? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I also. I'm kidding. It was a joke. <laughs> Some people Wait. would be surprised. Um, <laughs> but hardly. I did. I did. Same. But I was, I was terrible at. Um, I wasn't, you know, I'm not a great test taker. I was never a bad kid. I didn't get in a lot of trouble or anything. I just didn't want to do homework or study. Like when I left school, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like that was that. Um, I'm going to think about other things now. And I had supportive parents, so they were nice to me about it. Um, They never had like crazy standards where it was like, oh, you have to get straight A's or else we're going to fucking beat you. Um, They were just (laughs) like, dude, can't you just like try to get B's and like get into like a, you know, a, a a lower division school? school or whatever. Yeah. And I'd be like, but mom, scream out. <laughs> mom, take me to the show tonight. I'm over this. I know. It's funny when I, when I look back at high school, the only stuff I ever got grounded for um, when I was younger was grades. And 
which is such a silly thing because I could have just worked harder and fixed it and never gotten grounded ever. And my dad, he used to offer me, he would be like, yeah, dude, I'll give you a hundred bucks for every A that you get on your report card. That shit no never way. happened except for <laughs> no <way>. bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I think my mom did similar stuff and yeah. I just, I was pretty bad at it. I think my senior year in high school, I skipped a total of 55 days. No way. See, and I never I still, skipped a single day. I still day. graduated. Yeah. Um, see, I loved the social aspect, so I never skipped. I never, I did, I liked being there. That's crazy. 55 days, that's a lot. You're a rebel. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we, it, it would, like, my friend would drive me to school, and then we would show up to school, wait for the bell to ring, and we'd be like, do we want to be here today? And we would just be like, no. And we'd just leave and go to the mall, go do anything else. That's sick. My yeah, mom, I guess I didn't have a, a big rebellious bone in my body. I was pretty intimidated by my dad, so I never really wanted to get in real trouble. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't recall my mom ever, like, I mean, maybe she did ground, ground me, but I don't know, like, if she got the call, she'd be like, did you miss school today? I'd be like, no, I, I think the phones are messed up or something. She'd be like, okay, whatever. <laughs> That's sick. That's fucking yeah. real sick. Well, it all worked out, because now... You're the fucking rock god of chamber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now she school. schools for losers. Now she's like, you're the greatest kid I could ever ask for. And I'm just like, am I? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, my I'm pretty tight with my family as well. Um, and it's nice when everything does tend to work out a bit. And you know, like I, you know, for instance, you know, you made the joke of. Yeah, you know, go out on tour and make no money and, you know, come back. And then your girlfriend's like, oh, I'll still buy you lunch or whatever. Um, but you guys are right on that cusp of, you know, starting to get billed a little bit better, getting on better opening tours where you're opening, you know, a, a 500 to 700 cap room. You're selling a good amount of merch. You guys are having great nights. Um, and as long as you are frugal while you're on tour and not going into hotels every night, and obviously you're no. straight edge, so you're probably not going to spend your money on crack, then <laughs> you'll be okay. You know, and that's where a lot of bands, it's not that the money can't be there and that they can't make it. It's that they spend it all as it comes in while they're on tour versus like, okay, only get a hotel if it's an off day. Only, yeah, or you know? like, that's. I think that's how we pretty much do it. Like, if we Some have like stuff. an off day, we'll look up cheapest Airbnb in town and we'll chill for a night. You know, like. Yep. And if it, if not, we'll sleep in a van. Like it, it's. I mean, even yeah. I think I think the Acacia Strain only sleeps in the van. And there, I mean, yeah, they're they're. I I don't. They probably only get hotels on off days as well. If that, um, they're like a really diehard van band. Um, but they're killing. They kill it. So well, they're I mean, yeah, they're smart. I mean, we we definitely saw bands behaving like that, and we modeled ourselves after. I mean, we did two and a half warp tours in a van, um, which was insane. But did, I mean, you obviously had a driver, right? And so we did for the two full ones. For the half one, we drove ourselves, and it was a bit much. Um, yeah, I bet the person who drove definitely was out of it the next day. Yeah, it was tough. There was definitely those days where it was one, like I I recall one day in particular, and this was my first time being in a lot of these places because it was my first official tour with the band as a member. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm I started driving at like four AM and I pull into Fort Fort Lauderdale at sunrise and I'm looking at the beaches and I'm just like, Holy shit, this is so fucking cool. And I call yep. my mom and walk the beach and have a really good talk with her and it's little moments like that that I can in a, in an instant in my head I can go right back there and see it and you know that's what makes me appreciate what we've been able to do over these years and it's fucking cool man and you know you guys are are just such a fantastic um young band you're going to get to accomplish a lot of really great things by the time you're done because you are unique you're not just a band um that's copycatting anything else you know what i mean so Dude, thank you. I appreciate it. And of course. All right, of so course. give me five bands that you fucking hate. Uh, no, all of them. Literally, yeah. they all suck. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have to talk shit this week, I guess. <laughs> it's all rainy out and stuff, and it's dark today, and it's. I'm on my second cup of coffee, but still I haven't. I don't have uh, the drive. You don't have a hateful? Not hateful today. Hateful in your body. Yeah, right? not today. Um, it's the... It's the Sensei star I'm smoking. It's got me vibed out, bro. Um, all right. So one thing, when you redid the, uh, when you put out Ripping, Pulling, Tearing, was that all re-recorded by someone else and remixed, or did you like take the stems from the previous songs and revamp it? How did you guys go about that? We took the stems. I re-recorded vocals because I'm not original. And... Uh, the oh, guy interesting. who, yeah, I didn't know that. The, yeah, um, it's a long story, I guess. Uh, Chambers' first tour, they had a vocalist, and then we, then I became the vocalist. I don't know. <laughs> you but, were like doing merch or some shit, right? I did. Um, I was playing bass for Orthodox. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. I was playing bass for Orthodox, and yeah, it just happened. But with the. Uh, with the, the ripping, pulling, tearing, we put out, uh, I just re-recorded vocals in North Carolina. And then we did another song, which was Replacing Every Weakness. And then the guy that mixed and mastered, or mixed the first one, remixed it and got it mastered by Chris Crummett. Oh, cool. I think okay. his name is. Yeah. yeah. And then... Yeah, he does a lot of mastering work, but he's also like produced and worked on a bunch of other great records like Dance Game yeah, yeah, yeah. and Amorosa and yeah. shit. Um, and uh, I think that's who uh, our buddy Tate, who did uh, the first couple of Oh, Tate Mercer, stuff. right? Yeah. That's his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he works with like Better Off and Luke and those dudes. Better Off, Luke. Uh, he's did some Dying Wish stuff. He, he's awesome. He's great. Cool. Yeah, I've um, been following him a little bit. Um, and I really like what he's doing. He's come out with some great mixes, and he just seems so impassioned by what he's doing. Yeah, he's um, killing it. I mean, even like the the better off stuff is amazing. So, oh yeah, yeah. I we talked Luke. about them with Brendan um, like a week or two back. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan of that band. Really love them. Um, going back to the vocalist switch kind of thing. So Chamber becomes a band, puts out you know, the original version of this thing starts doing tours. They're out with Orthodox. You're playing bass for Orthodox. Dude bails. You start filling in on vocals. Yeah? Yes. And they were basically just like, if, like, they were just like, I, they came to me and was like, do you, could you fill in? And I was like, yeah, like, I'll do it. I don't want you guys to leave the tour or, like, have a bad time or whatever. 
because like we were all sharing a van and and then I, I've known Gabe for quite a while now uh probably since like I think I met him Darren's well and like we followed each other on Instagram and stuff like that and if his band his old band came to North Carolina like I would come if well would go to Nashville he would come like it was it was always like we would hang out whenever we were around that's awesome but, uh yeah and uh he was just like if we have another tour after this and you'll do that if like you like it we like you we'll you know go from there and ever since the first tour is basically just like cool like we're chilling so did you, uh, you know, at some point re-release songs with you on vocals before you started having conversations with Pure Noise? Um, no, uh, we were kind of like, I think that was the first year Chamber was a band and, uh, you know, people were hitting us up, wanting to be managers, trying to get us record labels, blah, blah, blah. And we're just kind of like, no, nah, like we're chilling, you know, like. We don't, I mean, you know, it's like first year being a band. You don't really want to like set in stone with anything. You don't even know if you want to be a band anymore or like you're just, you know, doing it for fun or whatever. And then, uh, I think, uh, after that, like we, we had a talk and we're just like, well, like at the end of this year, you want to get a manager and like maybe try to shop labels or whatever. And then, you know, then it just all happened. Like we got our, my friend James Aloisio, who's on Good Fight he's managing managing us uh and then a week later he's like hey pure noise wants to talk you know we talked to them and it was just kind of like all right cool uh this sounds good let's let's rock dude that's fucking awesome who else does james manage by chance um let me think uh i'm not 100 percent sure i think he had he either books or manages judiciary uh there's quite a bit. I think yeah. he he does he does Sea Space Cowboy. He does us. I think he does Creeping Death. Um, he might do he might manage Drain. But oh, okay. yeah, he's he's a uh, he, he's he's killing it with like the younger bands for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very cool. Um, so Pure Noise, um, everything seems to be going pretty well with them for you guys so far. I mean, it would it was probably a pretty easy decision for you because you were like, well, I, you probably knew a few bands that were on the label. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, like a to. bunch of bands Yeah, we grew up like loving and stuff. So it was like, yeah, what? Like, sure. That's They're sweet. putting out all the records, you know, so why not? Yeah. Well, there we go. And by that, he means, fuck Pure Noise Records. They're terrible. They've been garbage to him so far. Now, see, I really, I don't have it today. No, I mean, if, okay. if you have it, you can do it. Nah, I don't I'm know not, if I nah, have No, that's it. awesome. I've heard really nice things about, I've never met Jake myself, um, but I've heard that he is just the ultimate homie and really kind to his bands. And I admire the way that his label has shifted where they still obviously put out incredible pop punk records, but it's interesting when you watch someone who, you know, the story and, and state champ records, boom, right. They're popping off front porch step popping off. Um, and then what does he do with it? Signs a bunch of fucking core bands. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to sign whatever I like and whatever I want to put out. Cause it doesn't, because right now, like, I, I have the bands that are killing it, and I want to help, I guess, the new... He, 
I guess the new like generation of heavy music, alternative music, pop punk music, whatever you know, like yeah, he's got they pure noise has it all, and it's sick because who else has it all? Oh, Nebraska, where the moshing happens every day. You want to talk about who has it all? My friend Bobby from Fit for a King. He owns an awesome business called growplantshop.com. They're located in Fort Worth, Texas, but can ship anywhere in the country. Plants are a beautiful addition to any home. So go buy yourself, your mom, your BFFL, anybody, a fucking plant. And do it now. Growplantshop.com. All right, this week's mid-roll mosh. It's pretty cool. I like it. It is brought to us from Omaha, Nebraska. Devil in the Details are a band from Nebraska who have opened up for Fit for a King quite a few times, actually. Um, somewhere in the, the Seth Keen region, I feel like they've played a few shows with us in like Kansas and shit. Um, I've been pretty familiar with them for a while now. They've always been super nice. And they've put on a really great show each time I've seen them. It sounded real good. They have a brand new song called No Religion out now, streaming everywhere in the Matrix. Song's great, and I think a lot of the Fit fans will dig it. So here we go, No Religion by Devil in the Details.
No, you know, the the two labels that I see, you know, really crushing it in regards to stuff like that is like them and Sharptone, where Sharptone went and picked up like Polaris, Crystal Lake, all these fucking bands that were just popping off Alpha Wolf in that type of metalcore world. Oh, yeah. And then Jake just really, you know, completely dominated the other side of that core world. Um um, didn't Dying Wish just sign this shark? They tone? did indeed. Yeah. And uh, One Five Six Silence, which is a band that um, I'm not sure if you've heard of, but um, they're like a smaller band, but they're pretty fucking cool. And they yeah, they in that motif. We played with them in Pittsburgh. They're they're very cool. Oh okay. Yeah, I like that they've kind of got a core thing going on, but also a little like me without you touche moments. That's yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Like I mean. We we did Polaris's first U.S. tour with oh, no Gideon, shit. yeah, and I I never even heard of them, and they were killing it in the states. Who else was like, on oh. that? It was Burials, us, Polaris, Gideon. Wow, and that was our our second tour. That's sick. Yeah, it was very fun. Um, but like, their Polaris was great, and I was like, oh, like. New band, I guess they're killing it over here. I never heard of them. That it's cool. And then I look up, look up videos like in Australia, and I'm just like, "What the fuck?" Oh yeah, yeah they're huge. They're huge. Yep. I was like, "What the hell? This is insane." And and they, I mean, they've kept in contact with us since. And there's like, yeah, like you need to come to Australia. Like your band's sick. Like come over. And I'm just like, yeah, come, like you want to take us out or what? Send me the offer and we'll come. Um, <laughs> I want to go to Australia so bad, man. I was supposed to this past summer, and uh, I've never been. It's the the last tour that the band did before I joined was in Australia, and that was seven years ago. Um, Whoa! Yeah. So crazy. it would probably be. I don't. I don't. I don't want to like say it was terrible for the guys last time, but this time will probably be way better. It will probably be much better. And you know, last time wasn't from what they've told me, they had been twice before. It wasn't terrible. Um, it's just, we haven't gotten, you know, the offers to make it worthwhile and like you, you know, do things and attempts to get good offers over there. But it's so difficult because, um, there's so few tours and so few bands. So everyone's just, you know, trying to grab at them and, you know, everyone's trying to get Polaris to take them out on tour. Everyone's trying to get <laughs> to take them out on tour. Everyone's trying to get North Lane to take them on tour. Right. Um, but it's not like it is over here where there's 50 fucking bands. And if you get on an Australian Polaris, North Lane, Amity Affliction, Parkway tour, you're playing massive fucking shows, massive shows. So, you know, they have, they get to pick and choose. That's probably like a five five k cap right there, right? On the tour like that. Yeah, I would assume. I mean, I don't know to what level Polaris is doing over there yet, but I would assume North Lane is doing, you know, two to five thousand people. Amity and Parkway, they play like fucking stadiums. I, I like Parkway we, over here was gonna play three to eight thousand cap rooms. Yeah, like one that that was the Knock Loose tour that was supposed to happen, right? Knock yeah, Loose, buddy. Parkway, Hatebreed, yep. you guys. Uh huh. Yeah, Oof. it was gonna be. That's fun. a that's a bummer. 
Yeah, it was going to be a small tour. I didn't really want to do it anyway, so fuck it. Um, <laughs> fuck it, hey, you know. we weren't going to make any money. We're yeah. not going to sell any shirts. And- nah, no shirts, no fun, no crowd. Wasn't going to be cool. Wasn't going to watch Parkway, you know, shoot off fucking pyro every night and, and have a beer and think about what the fuck is my life. Yeah, I wasn't looking forward to that or doing an entire world tour. But, you know, the reality is uh, I hated my job anyway, so why would I want to? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't want to play bass anymore. <laughs> I just want to start a pop pop record. Fuck it. Yeah. No, I. You know, man. I've. I. I am the greatest rapper alive. But I've tried. Nobody knows. Some, yeah, I just have the best rap name, so I just go by that. You know, Hustle Crow. But I. <laughs> I've tried making some songs. There. I'm just not very good at it. But I always I feel like. It. I guess my pop stuff is just like Bon Iver, Kill You music. Like, kill yourself music. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like if you're just, like, sitting down alone in a room and it's, like, you write this sick course, you got, like, this cool hook, you got, like, this cool little intro, and then you're, like, where do I go from this? And you bring a producer in, and that's just where it, it, you become the biggest oh, yeah. artist overnight, you know? Oh, yeah, I've watched Drew. Like, Drew, the guy that, that produces our records, he's also worked on, like, um, Lil Peep and, like, shit like that. And Yeah, he... Uh, he did he's Advent. a North Carolina boy too. Yeah, did Advent. Um, he's a, he's a great dude, and I have watched him, you know, work with us, work with some other artists because people will come in on nights and weekends to do just vocal stuff with him, mm-hmm. and it's really cool to watch the way that he works and creates hooks with people and shit. Like, it's I mean, really I fucking cool. Yeah, and I mean, I honestly, I mean. If you think about it, hardcore, metal, whatever, and like hip hop, kind of similar, you know, like oh, yeah. you need you need that like hard drop, the one liners, like the, I mean. Oh, yeah. That's why Skrillex was able to totally crush it because it's the same shit just in digital form. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I it's like for people like Drew who started working with, you know, bands like Advent or bands like you guys and stuff like that and then going into the world of like little peep little peep little tiny little peep. peep um yeah r.i.p r.i.p little peep and I, i'm not sure what else he's done in that world but i'm sure it's like people are like why why is he doing this i was like well the money's good and it's also not that different yeah yeah and, and you know obviously ceilings are different but you know, and who knows, maybe, you know, five years from now, he will just strictly be doing pop stuff. I hope not, because I like working with him a lot. But who knows? Um, he's on some G shit all the time. I fucking love that, man. Um, but, you know, it's just nice to watch people that are so talented create that kind of stuff. And I guess, I mean, honestly, my voice is definitely, when it comes to the stuff that works in Fit for a King, I basically i'm just singing like a pop artist anyway so it would Dude, make some sense. you got it um yeah just gotta get the right feature days. you gotta get the right you know go to featurex.com get someone poppy Yo, and get make a song on my fucking track you know what i'm saying mob not <laughs> yeah. hustle crow bitch what you think about it get with it <laughs> yeah. bitch yeah it would be great someday you know i just i am actually working on some new stuff that is different from my side project because i have add and it's just even more further down the line of of my emo stuff, I guess. But it's more just like acoustic 
you know, not like City and Color, Bon Iver type stuff, but I don't, I'm, it's, it's poppy to some extent, you know, it's kind of verse chorus poppy, but it's also a little Johnny Cash, Bob Dylan, tell a story, don't really focus on, you know, having to always go back to like, okay, well, we could hit the bridge right now, or just the song's over. That's it. Yeah. It's quick. You just get through it. It's not a big deal. Um, I'm just trying to not overthink it, but I want to write songs that I feel like I can sing for the rest of my life. It's something and your like parents will like it. You know? <laughs> they, yeah, they do. Like, what is this screamo it, shit? You know, my, they actually do like the metal stuff. Even my my three and a half um, year old nephew loves Fit for a King. It's crazy. That's awesome. He literally will cry to my brother in law and be like, "Turn on Uncle Quine's band." Um, <laughs> and when it comes to the heavy stuff, my dad would like lift to heavy music and shit. Oh, okay. So um, it makes sense. Yeah, he's down with it. Like I grew up on Seattle Grunge Wave, you know, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, yeah, yeah. Soundgarden, all that shit. And then, you know, my dad listened to a lot of Metallica and um Honest, also, honestly, yeah. if you're no one's dad, listen like if my dad didn't listen to Metallica, I'd be like, You kinda suck. Like you suck. Oh yeah. Like at that time, what if you had the choice to either like good music or not? Like what the fuck? You were listening to Metallica, yeah. you know? Like you were either listening to Metallica or you were crying to whatever country song you could find on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, and there was still like the, you know, lots of tears for fears and and you know the um the cure and like shit like that. But my parents, they either liked, you know, the Seattle stuff or they listened to like Salt and Pepper and like uh, TLC and In Vogue and, you know, like the fun pop stuff. Yeah. And that was really nice too. Cause that's why I think I've always really liked the radio or pop music because, you know, we listen to it at home. So then if you get in the car and you hear like, what a man, what a man, what a man, what a man, what a man. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to sing along and I'm gonna, um, I, I think radio at that time was at a peak though, you know, like they were <sighs> killing it. Yeah, you know, every, I think everyone will always say that about every generation, but I will agree where the songs at that time were all so unique in so many different ways where I think people were just starting to learn what digital recording was. So it it, it created a a really nice of a blend of organic approach with, you know, some digital fun. But then you think about a band like the first two Third Eye Blind records, it's like, Holy shit, how did you do this? Like you actually made like an you know what could what a lot of people refer to as like early emo music, but you made it the the catchiest most pop friendly shit ever. Like everyone else wants to write like a super emo song like Jumper, but no one else will have it be a number 1 hit. Like Nobody. that was yeah. massive. Ah, that band's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking badass band. I <laughs> Love Alice in Chains, though. So heaviest band ever on the radio, in my opinion. Um, You know, with those crazy drop octave riffs and just they're they're phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's insane. You know, the bass lines, everything was so unique. Because also, you could tie a band like Alice in Chains that could really influence something like Corn. Yeah, for sure. That bass styling was getting there it was different it was really unique mike star was a genius r.i.p don't do heroin kids Um, please 
please, for the love of Christ, don't do heroin. Um, Anything but. Yeah, don't do pills, don't do heroin. Just if you want to, if you're hurt, like actually in in physical pain, like you've twisted your ankle, go smoke a joint. Um, (laughs) Smoke a joint. Don't was, smoke cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> Just smoke a joint. Yeah, you know, I, dude, cigarettes are the worst. That My nicotine addiction is the worst thing out of anything I've ever done. Um, and it was all because of some stupid girl I was dating. And it's it sad and started smoking cigs. Yeah, you know, and why not? I, it's funny. I'm really good at not smoking when I'm on tour um, smoking cigarettes. I just like, well, I, I need to leave my house, not bring anything nicotine related with me, get out on tour. And I just, I arrive in Texas and I'm like, no, I just don't do that now. And then I like this past tour, I got two weeks into it and then I got home and I was good for a couple weeks. And then I was like, fuck this shit. (laughs) I need a cigarette. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Um, I honestly like see the appeal, I guess, of like, oh, drink a coffee, smoke a cigarette, whatever. Dump. Cause that's what yeah. happens. Dude, no, no. I hate, like my mom, I had a roommate. He's, they all smoked in the house when I was like living there. And you know, oh, no way. After, yeah, yeah. It's, it's terrible. But you know, they would smoke cigarettes when they're taking a dump. And it's just like, <laughs> you go in after, you go in after it and it's the worst oh, shit possible. That sounds you, terrible. It's the worst, like you're smelling all kinds of shit. You smell the tobacco, the fucking... Uh, nicotine uh, inside, if you smoke tobacco inside, it just makes a gross smell on everything. It's real stale. Oh, it's so bad. It's yeah. the worst. But... If you smoke, smoke outside, please, for the love of God. Oh, I... Yeah, I do. I don't... I don't... I only smoke spliffs. I don't smoke cigarettes. Oh, and, okay. Um, but I... But it is, I mean, we smoke, smoke enough tobacco inside. that sure. I smoke cigarettes. Technically, I have, you know, yeah. I'm not, it's not like I have one a day and I'm like, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. I'm, You're one a day, man. It's like the yeah, vitamins. I wish. Yeah. No, I smoke too much. But um, yeah, just don't smoke. Don't do pills. Don't do heroin, kids. It's bad for yeah. you. Um, yeah. Because that's just, I've heard that North Carolina got hit pretty hard with all that shit, too, at least from what Trevor said. Yeah. But especially I think it's, where Trevor yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, it's like his area, and he's he's straight edge too, as I'm sure you know, but people listening probably don't know. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's interesting hearing stories like that, and it's like, well, that'll make you straight edge, that's for fucking sure. Um, Yeah, just a lot of kids, a lot of friends, you know, just getting caught up in the in the wrong stuff, and definitely definitely changes your perspective on life. I guess. Yeah, I hope. I hope for most people. I hope for for Trevor. For sure, definitely changed his outlook. Yeah, and for me too. Yeah, like I mean, I guess just like growing up, addiction and stuff was very, very in in the life of me. So it was just like, okay, like I shouldn't do any of this because it kind kind of stupid. Yeah, I you know I was quote unquote edge in high school, and I remember at one point I had. Uh, I had surgery on my feet when I was a freshman because I used to have bunions like a grandma. And, yeah, I, they had to cut the bunion off, cut into my, like, the bone that connects to your toes, straighten out my toes and put two screws in my feet. It was really fun and a great way to start high school. Um, cause you had crutches? Yeah, that's the, yeah, I was on crutches. I had to do one foot and then two weeks later do the other foot. And then oh, no. while I was recovering on that foot was when I entered my... Um, freshman year of high school and 
it's always, you know, you always want something cool. It's like, yeah, I broke my my ankle no, 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 doing no. a kickflip over a fucking thingamajig. And then instead it's like, <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I had to get my bunions removed. Um, and then so. I bet you got roasted. You yeah. literally got roasted. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, people thought it was funny. And then, you know, I stopped doing sports and did musical theater, and that didn't really help. But, you know, all good choices in the end. But what I was going to say was, so at that time, you know, I'm a little edge kid. They give me, you know, hydrocodones for my recovery. I took one the first night, and I was just like, I don't like this. And then I just didn't, didn't touch one for the rest of my first foot, got my second foot done, didn't have one the entire recovery period of that. I just didn't take anything other than like ibuprofen. Right. Um, and I, kids in school asked me for them and I was like, nah, like fuck that. I'm not going to give you my fucking pills. And they ended up getting them from someone else. And I just watched them like slapping each other in the face. I was like, that's dumb as fuck. Like that looks stupid. And from that, I was just like, yeah, I'm never going to do this shit. And I've done lots of stupid stuff. I just never did downers. It sounds yeah. really I mean- sad and stupid you're gonna take a bunch of depressants and then wonder why your life sucks and why you're depressed well there you go that's what happens so there you go we're gonna talk about fun shit now though fuck yeah let's talk about don't don't do that shit there we go that's our life lesson for today it's because it's rainy and gloomy and fucking shitty so back to chamber all right back you guys end up signing with pure noise you put out this revamp now this new record did you uh, go back to Tate for this one as well for Cost of Sacrifice, or did you work um, with Randy? We worked with Randy. Yeah, Randy. I don't. I don't know how. I mean, I, I follow like I mean the Kublai Khan record, absolute amazing, mm-hmm. sounds phenomenal. So I was like, oh, like Randy is killing it. He's doing a lot of cool stuff, and I think when Pure Noise. Initially, it was like, yeah, like, who do you want to work with? We, like, gave them some people. They came back and was like, what do you think about Randy? I think Kurt uh, Kurt Blue was in there. And we were just like, oh, let's geez. go. With, yeah, I was like, let's just go with Randy. Like, we're all big Converge fans. It might be weird if we go to Kurt. And we're, like, geeking over, you know, Converge. Yeah. So let's just go to Randy. Like, he, we'll sit down with Kurt and be like, play this riff. And then he'll be like, oh, that's just, like, a, that's just, like, converge (laughs) so you know yeah i mean he could i don't think your band sounds that much like converge will do but he could have i would have loved i would love to hear a chamber kerbaloo record at some point for sure i'm not gonna turn that down that's yeah i mean it it was a hard decision but but you made a great choice randy is the man i love randy yeah Yeah. i love randy we met in i I think we played gram grammar gramercy Mm -hmm. and we met randy there it was awesome, and that's when we're just like, yeah, like let's go. And he has a dog, so made it pretty easy, and it was awesome. You stayed in, in the Belleville spot, um, or no, did he, he came, come to you? Yeah, he came to Nashville. Uh, we recorded. I can't remember where. Uh, it's like a studio in Nashville. Um, I think some dude from Saves the Day owns it. Oh, Arun. Yeah, Arun. Uh, his studio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's um, awesome. We've recorded. That's where we recorded with Tate, and so we just went back there. We rented out the studio. You know, you know the drill. Ten hour days for. We were there for three weeks. Oh wow! Cough, do you, yeah. Do you work weekends or no? Um, I don't know if we were there for three weeks. Maybe 
three, two and a half. I think we we're two and a half. And yeah, we, we worked pretty much all day, every day, coffee, get some food, write some riffs. I think the first couple of days we just kind of like sat down and wrote some songs. We wrote a couple of songs in the studio. And, and the cool thing about Randy was, uh, he, he works pretty, pretty easy. Um, we, we had like a bunch of demos, we had MIDI drums and that's exactly what he needed to even start recording is like MIDI to like pre-pro stuff out, you know, like we already had it. So we didn't have to spend hours pre-proing MIDI drums so we could start recording guitars yeah. and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, it was sick. Uh, we would drink a cup of Joe in the morning, start working, get lunch. And it was awesome. Cause like I, I, I felt like Randy treated us great and we treated Randy great. And uh, we didn't finish vocals there, which kind of it was it my fault. Like I sucked. I literally sucked. Julie's your voice. <laughs> no, I just it was pretty. It was it was rough, honestly. But it came out great. Uh, Explain. I, think I did. What, what, uh, what? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. It was just like uh, I was nervous. I guess never been into like a situation. It was like where we're putting out a full length on a decent record label uh -huh. where. Needs to sound good. Uh, I we didn't we weren't on tour. I didn't practice. I, you know, it was it was all kind of shit. So if you're recording I had full to length, get the cobwebs off and shit. Yeah, if you're recording full length, please practice before because you you if you if you think you're good, you're not for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I didn't practice. Uh, the songs were all new to me. Like we 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 may have one or two that we played, which were pretty much the easiest to track but like going into it like we were demoing out vocals randy has us like you know sit down whisper scream them into the mic and that's how we like go off of it and so it was all new to me because like we didn't play the songs live we we you do it bit by bit yeah we do it bit by bit and uh to me it, it, it's hard to do that because like i i don't want to do that but at the same time to get it to sound good you're Okay, so did you have to learn how to do, like, you know, word for word or line for line, and that was new to you when you're chopping up vocals like that, when he's like, oh, no, no, like, all right, we're going back. Just give me blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and then it, putting it all together and stuff, yeah. Yeah, that was new, and we didn't really do that. It would be, like, try to get as far as you can, and then if it doesn't sound good, we'll do it again. Cool. And, and, it, and that was sick to me, but at the same time, I would do a line and, and Randy would be like, Oh, do it again. And I was like, what, what's wrong with that? And he's like, yeah. Oh, you hear this? And he like zooms in. He's like, you hear this? I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. But, and so we did, we, we did like two, two songs in Nashville. And then we went to Europe right after, um, we did Europe, I think. Yeah. We went to Europe and then came back Europe for two was weeks. Was that the we counterparts tour? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we did the counterparts. Can't swim. Static dress. Us. Oh, you lucky son of a bitch, dude! It was static dress every night. Phenomenal. I'm I I yeah. loved it. Yeah, I'm absolutely obsessed. With I love those guys. I love that band. I told them they will be the next biggest band in the world. <laughs> yeah, I I think so. Um, I think they're going to be massive. Um, they're just everything I've ever wanted in a band. Yeah, it, I mean, so Ali, it's that good live. Oh, it's I mean, That's dude, what they says. it was it was their first tour and they had a sound guy and I was just like, are you kidding me? Smart. 
they love it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's how just your Europeans band. I think that's just how they do it. They well, they just go all out, you know, like. Yeah, I definitely think some of them do, but there's something special where this band has been the smartest launch of a band I've seen in a minute. And to, and to my knowledge, no management, no nothing so far. And this is all them. Yeah, I, you know, it's someone told me some stupid rumor about, you know, they're managed by so and so, something like Mega. And I'm not really sure if that's the case. I'll have to, I'm going to have Tom on the show and I'll have to ask him about it. But um, well, it's just amazing to see how hard they work on their own. Like Ollie putting together those music videos and, and having a really clear idea of his art and what he wants to do. It's, oh, very, it's, it's very inspiring. It's, yeah, you, they like. I mean, even on tour, they were like, you know, doing the the video stuff like every night, like making a new video for the next show, and like they're doing it all their all their self. And it's like, dude, like you guys are so smart. And like Ollie would take pictures of us, like he did some promos for us, and then there's like I'm just like, dude, you're literally so good at everything. Like how? But yeah, that band's sick. But I guess back to studio. We did the Europe stuff. It was awesome. Um, came back and we spent another week in New Jersey. And that's when it was just like, oh, I definitely needed to warm up and, you know, scream to like come back and do this because it was so much easier. I was uh, like, it wasn't After Randy just. through the tour and shit, you're like, okay, now I'm ready to really bang this out. Yeah, like Randy wasn't like railing me like, dude, you need to get it together like and and it was sick like definitely the last day recording vocals he was just like dude you ha- what are you doing different i'm just like i like i literally don't know i don't know randy but it, it, it was sick randy killed it and he's amazing and if you don't have anyone to record with definitely record with randy yeah you can go to the self-titled management website and you can um look at a randy along with a long list of other amazing producers and contact them and Johnny Minardi himself and see if you can get Randy on your stuff. Um, that is the the proper way of running things. If you want to be that guy, you can go on Instagram and DM him. But <laughs> don't don't add him on Facebook. I'm trying to give you the proper way to do it because it's a good thing to learn. Learn the proper channels and go about things the right way, and you're more likely to work with that person because they'll be stoked on it. If you just hit up someone and go. Hey, like, could you listen to this song? Wanna, wanna record by bad? And like, no one's gonna. I like, I'm telling you, they're not nine times listen. out of ten, they're not gonna listen to it unless you have the coolest name ever, like Static Dress. And then, or maybe, they're listening to it in the studio when they're recording another band, and they're like, "Hey, listen to this shit," and it's either good or awful. <laughs> yeah, and I hope it's awful most of the time because that's more fun, but. <laughs> You know, that's why you make something like Featured X, where people can just go through an easy channel and, and it's a guarantee if you're like sending a song to Jacob, the first thing he can do is click on the song and listen to it. And he could just easily exactly. accept or deny based on the fucking merit of the song. So just going about things the right way. It's a good cool. thing. But you guys have been able to, to create quite the buzz and be able to get worked with, um, put together with a great team very quickly for a young band. I mean, really you've only been a band for what, three years, four years, three, uh, I guess this year will be the fourth. 
fourth yeah. year and we're doing nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the truth. But, it stinks. But you're still doing something, putting out a yeah, great record this coming Friday called Cost of Sacrifice out on Pure Noise Records. So let's. And if we don't sell them all, I will quit. We will. You will sell yeah. them all. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, you if won't we, if, I won't quit. Never. Unless everybody else wants to, and then I have no choice. No, you guys are going to crush when things return. But what is Cost of Sacrifice? What's it about? Um, it's, it's a lot about, you know, just our life struggle. Uh, we all had a hand in writing lyrics, and... This is mainly like the world, what we're going through, what we grew up with. And uh, I think if you read the lyrics, you'll definitely understand most of it. And this is basically how we felt recording it. I don't, I don't know if we all feel the same way now, just because life is different. You, you go through different changes and you make up with people, you make up with people you hate and shit like that. And, but you still feel that way at some point. And so you write those lyrics and that's, I mean, we have uh, we have anywhere from political stuff on there to life experiences to how we want to feel or to how we feel just inside. You know, like it's just it's just a lot of it's, it's like emo shit. No, I'm just kidding. It's just a lot of what we want to hear on a record, I think, and what we wanted to write on the record lyrically, and I think musically, it's what we wanted to write, or we wouldn't have wrote it, I guess. So. You know, in it's, some way, man, every song is emo shit because it's all about <laughs> emotions, bro. It's all about emotions unless someone else is writing it for you. Ain't that the truth, but... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Randy wrote the whole record, and that's and why it's so good. Go. Absolutely. I mean, he is a pretty smart guy. He definitely could. Um, Dude, he... But, we would spend hours on, like, leads and stuff with Randy because he's so smart at guitar. He'd be like, no, put your finger here. And here and here and play it like this and we'll be like, what are you even saying? And it would sound sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's nuts. He has, uh, he can do things that I just can't comprehend. But Bob had a lot. We did Slave to Nothing with Randy and Will, and um, Bob really liked working with Randy. He loved being with him and getting to wake up and have a cup of coffee and work on some riffs with him and shit. And he was a big influence on him and his riffs at that time, and I think really helped to push Bob to. Um, get better at guitar and not to say that Bob already wasn't an incredible guitar player he was but it's just when you work with someone like Randy who thinks so outside the box but went to like I believe he's Berkeley trained if I'm correct I yeah I think so um, have you have you ever heard him play piano I haven't heard him play piano dude he it's insane <laughs> yeah I'm sure guy's just the best and on top of it the greatest personality to get to be around um what a kind, loving, fun soul. And um, hopefully I get to work with him again at some point in my life. Um, but yeah, I think Cost of Sacrifice as a title for this record is really cool. I think um, as a band, a lot of people can, as an artist, a lot of people can relate to that because you have to sacrifice so much to really do, to live the lifestyle that we live. Um, yeah. And to try to accomplish the things that we accomplish because you miss all the holidays, you miss your partner's birthday, you miss, um, you know, being there for funerals, you miss when people are sick, you miss when people are happy, you miss when things are good, you no matter what, a lot of the time you're gone, you're absent from life. And that's a massive sacrifice. So that's some way that I guess I would relate to it where 
you know, for me, when I see something like cost of sacrifice, I just think about all those days where, you know, you needed to be there for somebody and you just physically couldn't. Um, but you know, I'm excited, man. It's going to be nice to get to actually pull through the rest of this shit. Which yeah. one was the first single? The like, did you you came out with that the music video pretty recently too, right? Yeah, um, we put out um, the first single was in Cleansing Fire, but we also it was like a dual a dual thing. We released two songs, but yeah. it was like a music video and another song, which was in Cleansing Fire and Scars and Complex Patterns, which were two awesome songs i did a interview with a magazine yesterday and he was just like what do you think about the singles and i was like they're great but i i think as a whole like flowing with the record it all makes sense so it's like he's like you know like it's just hard to like pick the singles just because like you're just like well like this song ends like this to go into the other song and it's just it's just hard so i i feel like the singles are great but i i just want to have everyone hear it and have everyone like listen to it as a whole other than just like, Oh, this, this song is cool. Let me, what, what comes next? You know? Yeah. I think that, um, it'll be a nice relief when you do get to actually listen to it in full, um, and see where everything ties together. But I think you made really good choices with the singles. Um, and I enjoyed like the visual aspect of what you guys were doing too to bring forth the record. The um, album cover itself is pretty fucking cool, man. Um, yeah, it's like kind of retro. Um, it came out sick. I think that's mainly what we told our guy. We were just like, think of like Metal Gear Solid. Think of like retro. Like think of old school games and shit like that. And he he put together something very cool. And I I think. I think it stands out, you know, like it's not like your typical just threshold Photoshop bullshit. You know, it's 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 very cool. And uh, I I definitely want to keep pushing towards that like weird aspect. Like a lot of my friends are like, yeah, it looks like a tool artwork. I'm just like, yeah, Yeah. okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's got this really, really interesting spin on it where I wouldn't, when I look at the cover, I wouldn't know what kind of band it is um, necessarily. So I kind of like that appeal um, where I think that's always a smart move. um, Give something different for everybody. Someone might look at our new album cover and be like, oh, is that an Our Lady Peace album from 1999? Nope. Right. Nope. I'm going to buy it because the album cover looks very sick. I'll put it in my fucking record player and I throw it out the window because it sucks. No, I'm just kidding. No, it does. It joins Roadside Records. If you've ever handed us a demo at a show, you've joined Roadside Records. Um, Yeah, I love throwing discs at signs. It's fun. Um, I remember we were, I was on tour with Dwell. We played this record shop and for some reason they had a hundred copies of a day to remember acoustic. It was like two song, like seven inch acoustic something bullshit. And we took them all and threw them outside of the window. Oh my God. <laughs> and at the, at the same time, I, I'm looking back on it. I'm like, yo, we should have just sold them all. Cause they probably sell for so much money. Yeah, I wonder how much money you cost that record. Co- that record. No, 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 no. It was like in a box in the back room. And oh, there was like, oh, if you, oh, I oh. think they were like, if you see anything you want, like just grab it. And I guess yeah, at that point, I think should have sold them. Yeah, I should have. Go too. on Discogs and see what it is. 
I don't want to. I don't want to ruin my life. Yeah, right. Be like, yeah, I could have had, you know, I think we had like probably Maybe those were 50 the of only them. ones left, and you guys yeah. threw them all out the window. They they probably did like out of 200, and we fucking threw 50 out the window. Right? There you go. <laughs> Smart stuff. Hey, yeah. you know, but Chamber's now going to be on a Day to Remember tour, and then you can tell them about it. Wouldn't and I'll be, be like, hey, I, I loved your band growing up. Thanks for bringing us out here, and I threw half of your records out the window. Yes. Wouldn't that be interesting? It would be cool to see a day to remember do like a more core-related tour, play some smaller venues, and play like yeah. old shit, like a lot of old, breakdowns. Old school, like, fuck, what was their first record? Uh, for those that have heart, for those who have heart, I think it's called. Yeah, it's cool. Look at that shit. You know, you can smoke pot and still have a memory, kids. Um, but <laughs> I, do, uh, I don't smoke pot. And I don't have a memory. And I listened to that record endlessly in like freshman year of high school. So, oh yeah, the the plot to burn the panhandle. I think is <laughs> that one song that I really like. Um, well, I guess they had stuff. They had like one record out before, and it oh, wow. sounded. Sounded like dog shit or something, so I don't think it ever got put on Spotify. Well, I'm also seeing, like, for instance, let me, I have to look on Spotify. I'm looking at Apple Music and I don't see that album listed. I just see there was old record and their name was Treason. Treason? Yeah, yeah. That's um, old too. But I don't see, for those who have heart, maybe they lost it in the lawsuit. Um, you think so? They're in Victory? They were on Victory at that point, but now technically Concord Music Group owns all of the back catalog. So huh. they would be the ones distributing it unless a day to remember was able to purchase Buy it back. or something? Yeah. Okay, it's on Spotify. Um, for those who have heart reissue. Okay, cool. I was right. Yeah, I think Apple Music just kind of, you know, shit gets lost on there. I don't know why. Because they don't care enough. That's why. Yeah. Like with um, Spotify, you sign up for Spotify for artists. You can see all the people listen to your records. Oh, yeah. With I iTunes, love that it's shit. like, yeah, with iTunes, it's like you can do that, but you have to put in your email. You have to put in your record label. You have to sign into your Twitter. You have to sign into your. And then yeah. you, you can't even do it until they grant you access. Yeah. The Apple for Music thing is not nearly as good as the Spotify for artists. One, but you know, but you know what? They both suck. Just buy it and listen to it in your car because it exactly. sounds better. <laughs> it really does. And buy it because you're not a bitch. And if you really support a band, then you buy their records. But I'm pretty bad at buying records. Now I do it if it's like for friends. I will always, you know, I like to do the pre-orders. I'll at least always buy the physical one on iTunes, like the actual download. And that still helps. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, it counts for something. But I think the best way to do it nowadays is to buy the vinyl and, you know, help really Sell help it the, 10 weeks later on Merch Swap. God. No, you know, I, man, I'm so bad at getting rid of things in general. I'm not, I'm not a hoarder, but I don't, uh, I like to buy things to keep them. I don't like to buy things to get rid of them. Like, if I'm buying a piece of gear, I'm not just going to buy something for the sake of it. Like, I'm going to buy something because I want to have it until I'm... Yeah, I, I never really understood, like, the 
buy and flip method of like gear, especially because it's like, if you're buying it, don't you want it? Yeah. And I um, guess like, I, if you want to do I shit guess, like that, go sell drugs. Like, why are you doing yeah, that with yeah, yeah. gear? No, I mean, no, I'm, it, with the gear stuff, I get it. If you're, I have some friends who like will try something for a little bit and they just want to buy it to try it. And then it's beyond the return period. So they, you know, sell it. And I, I get that. Cause then you get yeah, to I experiment guess, like, a lot. Yeah, you're like purchasing something and then you're going to sell it to purchase something else. And that's cool. But like, I know a lot of people that will like buy, they'll like search for years for this one item, buy it, and then be like, oh, I think I can get like 800 bucks out of this. I paid $3 for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is sick. I, whatever. Do your thing if you can. Yeah, I guess but, that's if you want the money or if you want to keep the guitar. Um, I guess my dad's like a big comic book collector. So he just always kind of tried to instill that idea of like, don't get a lot of shit. Just like get shit that you want to keep throughout your get life. Get shit that you, really you worthwhile. like. And, um, you know, now I guess I, the, what I put that into is my guitar collection. But, um, you know, for, you know, some everyone it's different. Um, but and with, with records, I just don't understand why buying with the intent to sell, but then you see things like a Gulch hoodie goes for like a hundred fucking dollars and you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't know. <laughs> and that band, I finally listened to them. They are cool. And I watched like a video and it seems like a very intense live show. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. It's great. Uh, they look like old school skinhead kind of like, uh, you know, hardcore punk band, which I mean, skinhead, not in the racist way, skinhead in terms of like the old school, like pre like, Krishna era core youth of today shit. Right, right, right. Because so, um, a lot I of people, when they hear they that, they don't understand. They think automatically that there's like a they were they were anti not they were the anti Nazi punks. They were the people fighting against that shit in core. Um, so, and now we got fucking everything changes, and now it means something else. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an yeah, it's a, a weird thing because you can't really you can I- identify with what those guys were doing or people were doing and dress that way and look that way and that's totally cool. But just using the term skinhead is um, a little dangerous. I wouldn't really feel comfortable going out on a limb um, defending the term in regards to what it was versus maybe what it is now. Right, right, right. But that's just the times, man. That's how shit goes. The times are times are weird. The times they are changing. <laughs> um, do you ever watch uh, the um, fucking the Watchmen show on T- on HBO? I mean, is this on? Like, is it is it current or is it? Yeah, they still have it up. Um, it's not like going like it's not like there's a current season going, but there was one season that they released and it won some awards and it was really fucking good. And, hmm. I have not, but I will definitely check it out. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's very fitting for the times that we are living in currently. Um, but before we get too deep into this, let me hit a couple things here. Um, All right, let's 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 do it. You know, with the album coming out this Friday, where is the best place for people to access it, purchase it? Are you on a web store? Or are you on your website? What's going on there? Yeah, so I guess... Um, Chamber, chamber.merchnow.com, probably the best okay. spot to grab it, or chamber615.com. I, either one of those. We have like a smart URL that takes you to it, but I, I'm not going to 
pull that up and be like, yeah, smart URL, whatever, dot com slash whatever. Yeah, I'm sure they can be, find it on your Instagram too. Like yeah, Instagram, to Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, we it's all on there. Don't use Facebook because it's lame and doesn't want to promote your music at all. So yes, okay, cool. Um, do you guys have like a few variants out and shit? Yeah, we have. Uh, I think in a total of five variants, we did. Yeah, we we have five. I think there's two indie retail stores only so maybe go to your local record store or fye or whatever maybe it's there i don't know look it up sick yes okay um and do you guys have any plans like for like a digital show or anything that you're thinking throughout the remainder of this bullshit um Um, are you guys just gonna like put out the record hang out for a little bit and then see what um happens in the future we we've we've definitely talked about it. We've it's just like how like we gotta I gotta drive to Nashville. They gotta drive here. We find the video crew. We find someone that's trusty enough to you know record it and make it sound decent or send it to Randy and he just like replace all the shitty parts. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. But re-record uh, the whole thing in two days. No. Um, yeah, we we've thought about it. It's it's definitely something we want to do, but we want to make it not just lame or maybe we do something. You where can we, do it with some gloss. I mean, like Dan McStars, because um, Dan and our band, he's like done his own records for like Phineas and shit. So he's yeah, pretty, you know, legit when it comes to that stuff, but. You know, because it's not like you just want to like you know do a super raw live show. Um, you know, but you guys could really pull it off. It would be great to see. Yeah, I I think we want to do it. It's just time, money. Where we're gonna pull out the money? <laughs> yep. Uh, money. You know, and just I I think we'll 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 get to it for sure. I definitely want to do some. I think. Tay, our drummer, definitely wants to do some like drum playthroughs because everyone freaks out about him. <laughs> oh yeah, he's insane. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think we want to do like some some drum playthrough style things, like premiere them. Maybe we'll do like a Q and A of record, and maybe we'll do a, a live show or something if we have the means to. Because it's it's not it's not going to be cheap, but it'll, it'll definitely be worth it. Because it's like, what else are we doing? When I think maybe maybe we'll get to dust the cobwebs off and play a somewhat of a show, you know, together. Yeah, we will definitely get to play some giggies at some point. I'm sure it yeah. would be fun. Um, it's always nice to cross a little bit with. Um, like you're one of the bands that we could cross over with and do a tour with, I think, and, and kids would enjoy it. And there would be kids from our side that like you and then kids that are into your band that maybe, maybe will end up liking Fit for the Kings. Um, <laughs> Fit I don't, for the Kings. Fit do they wear, do, do the Fit for Kings only wear like, I don't know, like flat bill fitted caps? Yeah, no, we only wear Gucci. Um Gucci. You know, Bob's done the flat bill fitted caps, you know, he's not, uh, or the five panels. Um, oh, the five panels are not, not bad. 
No, I like the five pants. If you, yeah, whatever. Wear whatever you want, and it is probably looks badass. I don't really like wearing a fitted anymore. I, I, I like the way they look, but only when it's a certain cut. I have a really like small head, so I need it to be pretty shallow. If I have like a a space above my head, you know, if I want to have it down to my ears, and it's, it's, you know, I'm just saying some of them just look kind of goofy. But yeah, if you want to be in fit for the kings, you have to wear. Gucci slips. You gotta have two pinky rings, and you can't be a bitch. Um, <laughs> you can't sound like shit or be a bitch. Can't sound like shit or be a bitch. Or if you're gonna sound bad, you have to at least be able to be a maniac. And what I'm saying is, you gotta be like me, bitch. <laughs> um, you just have to be bad at your instrument, but you can run around a lot. Um, no, our band's just you know, you know, whenever people are like, oh my god. You could play that and do stupid stuff. It's like, yeah, it's breakdowns. It's breakdowns, yeah. yeah. I'm not if playing chamber. chamber like, yeah, I could if, not. If do Gabe that. was doing that, you'd be like, what? How can he do that? Yeah, that wouldn't make a lot of sense. But I, um, he is a very interesting looking person, and I do like watching him a lot in the videos. Um, oh, he's he's pretty crazy. Yeah, he just looks cool the way he rocks his last Paul and goes for he it. He looks like an alien. Yeah, I'm a big fan, and. You're, is Tay his name, your drummer? Mm-hmm. Tate? Yeah. Tay? Okay. Tay. Little um, Tay. Wearing the gloves in the video? Yeah. He's fuck, bro. Yeah. I Someone posted on Twitter the other day and was like, are drum gloves cool or are they like for bitches? And I was like, they're cool. Like, what are you saying? Well, they're cool if you're like Tay or if you're in Pantera. For most people, I would say drum gloves are bitches for bitches. Like... I, you know, it depends. You have to be a certain guy to pull it off, a certain person <laughs> to pull it off. And, you a know, certain person, yeah. You know, generally I'm saying go get the blisters, you know. get. Oh, get he, your, your he's had the blisters, up. you know. like You know, but. Even, I don't know. They're just, they're okay. Yeah, I definitely understand. You're, you got to be a certain type of person to rock them. Like I mean, you're like. so badass that you can pull it off, like. Yeah, you know, like would I'd feel like Jared would look silly with gloves on. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, come on. Like you're like dude. eight feet tall. Like take off the fucking gloves. Like you look like yeah, this is not gonna work. You're eight feet tall, you're you you're fine. Don't need no yeah. gloves, man. He's literally fine. He's he's a hot <laughs> hunk of man. Um but that's what happens. If I was wearing gloves, it yeah. might be a different story. I probably would be a bitch. Yeah, I mean, I think I would look like a, a bitch with gloves. I would look silly. But I'm the same person where if I'm in the gym and I see some, unless you're doing like crazy deadlifts and you've got like the things, the wraps and stuff, then it's legit. Generally, I think gloves when lifting is also you're benching for 40 pounds and you're just like, he's wearing gloves. <laughs> Dude, there's this guy in this week. Wearing fucking sunglasses while in the gym, got his chain on, wearing a fucking crew. He's running on the treadmill. He's doing just upper body like always. He never lifts his tiny little legs. And he's just like rapping to himself. And then he's, when he's lifting, he's putting his head down enough where he can see over the sunglasses to look at himself in the mirror. Oh, let's go. And it's just like, just take them off. Take them off. Like, who the fuck are you? It's um, Connor O'Malley, man. Come on, chill. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know who Connor O'Malley is, but fuck that guy. You um, should check him out. It's funny. I will. Um, on YouTubes? 
YouTube's, Instagram, Twitter, maybe. Okay. I don't know. He's like Please. this. He's like an insane guy that is insane. Look up, so. look up, five hundred sigs for five G, and you'll be like, "What the fuck is this guy?" What? Okay. Not yet. Okay, I'm putting this into YouTube now before I forget, <laughs> so I can watch it as soon as we're done. Um, um, but yeah, the gym, the gym. Unless you're like deadlifting, I guess I, I don't know. 500 pounds I don't, I don't think you should be wearing gloves yeah and i like i do get it where like i've got small hands you know so it does I, hurt yeah, yeah when i get hurt. up to doing heavier weight it's that's the hardest part of doing it. it's not like that my legs aren't as capable but i feel like my hands have a really hard time supporting that much weight so i do understand that but if you're the guy in the gym with sunglasses on i think you're an idiot and <laughs> this week I also saw someone working out in slides and I know that there is a policy in every gym on the planet that you can't no wear open toed fucking shoes around yeah. weights now given this like, person is hefty size so it's like well, I'm, I understand you want to wear the slides but you would think that someone working in the gym one of the many people in planet fitness would notice and say something but they also really don't like to hold down the law. They don't. They don't. You know, yeah, they don't care. They people don't, like, with they, the mask off for fucking ten minutes and shit. They don't say anything. Dude, I I will. I, I've been going recently, and I've been like doing some cardio and stuff, and like <laughs> people will take their mask off, and I, I definitely get it. But it's also like I can run and still have the mask on, and uh, dude, I just yeah, I, I just I, sweat more. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and and that's good because you, you want to, yeah, you want to run, like you're just breathing harder, you're sweating more, you want to burn the calories. Like, I mean, I, the like, only real know. negative is like, yeah, maybe your, like, your oxygen level is like a little bit lower. But yeah, like you're saying, I've been working out with the mask on. I'm fine. It's really not that difficult. Like every once right. in a while you have like that one, you're at the end of your lift and you're like, <sighs> I need it. I need, and then I need I, the little, and then little in air. One second, I I pull it. I take my, I take a sip of water. Right, exactly. Right there, put my mask back on. And I'm back in it. But I these mean, people who are working out with their nose out the whole time, or you know, pulling it down in between every workout, and then sitting at the machine, it's like, just don't wear it at all if you're gonna. Yeah, do who that. cares? You know. I just like, but then those those people would be like, "Why are you even coming to it? Like, you are you that scared?" I was like, "No, I, I mean, I'm not I, like." No, it's not that if, if I'm I, scared. I can just follow rules because I'm not a fucking idiot. I can right. someone can ask something very simple of me, like, "Hey, can you wear this?" If we'll let you work out, you know, you didn't have it for six months. We'll let you work out. All you gotta do is wear this little mask the whole time. It's really not that bad. Um, it may be a little hindrance, but it's really not that bad. And then you go, you know what? For the greater good, I'm just going to wear the mask. And All if, the time, yeah. Yeah, and it's a bitch move if you don't. See, now we're getting to the hate. I like it. We built up to it. If you don't <laughs> wear the fucking mask just because you, well, well, it's hard. That's why you should be in the gym, you fat, lazy fuck. Go work on it and get yourself and your life in order because it ain't that hard for me, bro. But I know I'm fucking brolic as shit, so I ain't like you, bitch. Um. <laughs> hey, man, if if I can do it, I set for the first four months during quarantine spending probably 12 hours a day playing Call of Duty. Oh, I'm with you, dude. Yeah. I if I can I go move. back to the gym and wear the mask and still run and breathe, I think 
I think you can do it. Yes. And I am fully with you. And if you really don't want to wear the mask and you want to run, go to the woods. Just go outside. And go, go outside. outside. And you're fine. But, um, which is totally fine. And I just think exercise is an amazing thing and I love it. Um, but yeah, I just haven't found it to be that much of a struggle for me, man. I'm in there. I like doing it. I'm just so thankful that I get to lift again and be active. Yeah, just yeah. like you. I I just sat on my couch for six months. I couldn't find the motivation to do anything. I had a couple weeks where I started doing some workouts. And then I was just like, nah, I'm sad. It's, it's, I don't want to do It's not the shit. same. Honestly, like, I think the, the gym is... Some people can do it, like, at home, like, do the push-ups, do sit-ups, get the lift bar, what the fuck ever. Yeah. But for me, it's like, when I'm at home, I want to relax. Yeah. So when I go to the gym, I'm just like, I want to, and, I like, I'm not, like, no fucking gym maniac, fucking, I'd lift 280 pounds, you know, whatever, but it's just, it's just like, the gym is something that motivates me it's healthy for you lot, mentally yeah. more for that's the most yeah. important part of it is people need to just release those endorphins and get their blood flowing and it just is so cleansing and feels good to get that out of your system cuz your body just builds up this stagnant feeling um where it knows it wants to do it but mentally it just gets like nah you don't you got the little devil on your side that's like nah you don't fucking <laughs> do it but like the second donuts you start or... doing it, you're like, man, how did I stop doing this? This feels fucking awesome. But I've always been the same way where I have to leave the house to do it. I can't do it in my house. I have to go somewhere, and then I'm like, well, I came here. I came here with a purpose. This is what I'm doing today. Yeah, I mean, even if it's you know 45 minutes to an hour, you're still – like, I mean, some people spend fucking three hours in the gym, and I, I definitely can't do that, but – I mean, yeah, at least you're no, doing I don't, something. I have things to do uh, yeah. with life um, outside of it, so no. Um, yeah, I have that. to go home and fix lunch and play Call of Duty and then maybe go to work. Right. No, you know, I've. it's funny. I I think during quarantine, I've, even though it doesn't make a lot of money, I have just been like working more than ever to create the a feature decks thing with my friends and put that together and keep it moving. Like any startup, I'm not like saying like, well, well, it's me. It's just when you're creating something new, it takes a lot of work. I've probably worked more now than I have in fucking seven years. Um, yeah. And that's I why mean, it was like so easy to not leave the house. But now it's just my, my fiance, luckily she ended up, you know, getting to go back to work and shit. And now she's leaving the house at like 8 a.m. every day. So if, if she leaves and then I don't get up, I feel bad about myself. Mm -hmm. So I just get up and go to the gym and start my day. And it's nice. It's been that's, a pleasure. That's a, I've, been, I've been hitting it late afternoons, which is kind of weird because I used to do mornings. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, the, morning, the morning is 100% better. Like start your day with, the, with a good gym or run or whatever and then come back home and well, you probably, you're free. Yeah, your area probably doesn't have as much competition in the gym as mine does where I live in Brooklyn. So just if you don't go early, it's, there's it's no shot. way. Like there's yeah. there's four, you know, you know, Smith machines to do bench on. If you don't go early and that's your goal, you need to do chest day, you're not going to get one if you go in the nope. afternoon. There's no way. But Mine's pretty similar. Yeah, like at, like I've been – I've just been like rebuilding – like my my muscles, so I'm not like Same. I'm benching. Not, I'm weak as shit right now. Man. Yeah, yeah. I'm not benching. I'm just doing the machines, 
and doing like just trying to not go for strength and just rebuild my I guess rebuild my strength not go for like oh I'm already jacked and I'm going to keep my muscle but I'll have to send you this workout plan that a friend of mine gave me that I've been using and it's more lower weight lots of reps like your bench is 20 18 16 12 yeah yeah um shit like that and it's um I just love the high rep stuff because I'm feeling it really kick my body back into gear and making me feel good again. So it's nice. All right, I'm going to ask you a couple last questions. Ask me some questions. And then I'll let you go. We're getting there. But um, what is your favorite song off this new record, man? Um, I want to say my favorite song is The Edge of Every Lie. It's It's a fast song. The, the lyrics are good. It's it's just like, and I think it's like a, a very high drum-driven song, which mm-hmm. is something I like in heavier music where it's just like drums are crushing it. The riffs are sick. It's just a fun song. And like we, we, we started playing it live in Europe and it was just a good song to like, you know, put out there and play because it was one of my favorites. And listening through the record, a shit ton of times more than probably anyone will ever listen to it. Maybe not, but it, it's, it definitely sticks out to me and it's one of my favorites. And I think same with the rest of the people in the band, they, they love it. But I think the whole record is badass. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to get to it. I'm still going to listen in order, but, but well, excuse me. Whoa. Uh, yeah. That coffee, two cups of coffee on no food. Woof. Um, so, oh, that's bad news. In the gym already? <laughs> not yet. I'm gonna go after we get off the okay, phone, okay. but I'm still not gonna eat until later. I'll, you know, I won't eat until like three or four o'clock. Um, but that's the that's the tour lifestyle. That's when. Not, that's just how know, I was always a breakfast guy on tour. I had okay, to, okay. had to have a coffee, had to have something to eat first thing in the morning. But Ryan has done the intermittent fasting thing for the better part of a year now, and just looks tremendous and um what is that no food during the morning yeah you just you have to reach a certain period so you only eat during like some people do an eight hour window some people do a six hour window somewhere between there so really i only eat right now generally between like three to nine or you know four to ten um okay and then that's it so and then it gives my body time to really like get everything and process it and get it out and stuff. Cause I got my thing I got to get rid of is I want to get some abs. I want to get rid of my love handles and like stuff yeah, like same. that. You know, the love handles, you, you lose a certain amount of fat, but then you still got these, this hard gunky area where it's just filled with sh- shit. Um, and, literal shit. It's just poop. That's yeah, where your poop is stored. You know, and <laughs> it's a weird little. You know, if you want to like deflate your belly, it's you kind of have to get your body in the cycle of being able to, you know, I don't know. I just want to get better with my diet. I want to lose yeah. some of the baby fat. And get. I want to come back looking shredded when we got this shit, man. I want to really, I appreciated music before, but now I appreciate it more than anything ever. Um, other than my beautiful fiance. Honey, um, Honey. <laughs> nothing is greater than you. Um, <laughs> nah, that bitch, is... you lucky you got me. You know what I'm saying? You lucky, man. <laughs> hey, um, you so, leaving me? Nah, I'm leaving you. <laughs> all right, last fun question for you. 
What are, you know, give me like five bands that influenced you to, to be in a band today and to want to do this shit. Um, I guess number one would be, would be Advent for sure. They were a band Local that... heroes? Yeah, I mean, one of the best, in my opinion, bands ever. So yes. Um, yes. when Duel started being a band, it was... It was like I was a huge beloved fan, so yeah, I, yeah. I've been following Advent, and I I love what they do, and luckily I've gotten to exchange with Joe online a couple times, and he's yeah, he, a very kind man. He's a very kind, kind human for sure. But yeah, Advent, uh, dude, it's weird. I guess Metallica in a way, because that's all my dad listened yeah. to when I was growing up. Uh, I mean, I remember him giving me like this metal cd of like just crazy bands and it was just like metallica uh rob zombie just like insane just like top 100 probably like heavy metal or whatever songs at the time period and it was awesome uh advent metallica i in in the core world i want to say like when i was a teenager definitely like Counterparts was one of them. The AK Strain was one of them. And then now, like, Converge, Turmoil, like, stuff like that is what makes me want to write music and makes me want to be in, like, a, I guess, quote-unquote, metal, metalcore band because all that stuff is yeah. phenomenal. And then, and then when you get to that point where you're finding bands like Counterparts, like, then you look back, you're like, oh, like, let's go with... I found out Misery Signals because of counterparts because I didn't grow up in the time where Misery Signals was like popping off, you know. So how old are you, then, Jacob? Um, twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. Cool. Yeah, there's a bit. There's a bit of a gap. Like I'm thirty one years old. Like Miss Six was popping off when I was, you know, just leaving high school, and I think around like two thousand seven is, you know, when. Maybe Carl started joining the band 2007, mm-hmm. 2008. Um, but that first record was probably 2005-ish, maybe. Yeah. Of Malice. Um, Insane record. Yeah. And now one of the one of my favorite records to ever come out. And I really love The Tempest, their new one as well. Um, I've listened to it quite a few times now, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And it keeps me keeps me amped. It's a good jam record. I've listened to the singles. I definitely need to sit down and listen to it. Just oh, a yeah. bunch of new music, so it's hard to keep up. But definitely, we'll check it out because I know it's I know it's going to be badass. Oh yeah. yeah, like yeah, it's good uh, stuff. Advent, Metallica, Counterparts, Misery Signals, Turmoil, Converge. I oh, guess yeah. that's six. But good list. Yeah, I like it. Hell yeah, dude. Um, well. Let's send the people can go to merch now and you can pre-order the record. You can go to their Instagram and find the link to all that. Go this Friday. Make sure if you don't purchase it right now, you should go right now and open up your app and at least pre-save these records, pre-download them, go to iTunes, go to merch now, go to their Instagram, follow the band, um, and their Twitter, and make sure that you keep up with this incredible new record, Cost of Sacrifice, that is about to come out on Pure Noise Records. Um, Jacob, thanks for joining me, dude. It's really nice to have you today. Yeah, thanks for having me, and I hope we we definitely will keep in touch, because I'm a 
I guess I'm an employee at Featured X, so. Dude, you know, it's funny. It's just like a fun marketplace for all of us, right, at this point. Because now, really, because now that things have changed a bit um, and we aren't taking a percentage of of the money from any of the artists, and now we just have a 1999 service fee where anyone that, you know, for instance, for the people listening, you can go to FeatureDex.com, you can click on Jacob Lilly, send him your song, and then if you hit accept and you end up getting paid for it, which is all done through PayPal, you get 100% of the money. They get an additional 1999 fee that comes to us at Feature Decks. And that just seemed and feels like the best way for us to operate with our friends where we're more of a marketplace for musicians rather than taking a cut. Cause then we're just another cog in the machine. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah, I'm that's... taking the cut that's like a manager, then I'm a, am and I am I any better than what I am against at times? Not to say I'm against managers. I fucking love my manager. Corey's one of my best friends <laughs> on the planet. I'm just saying that right now we're all hurting. We're all needing cash. And if I dip into that, then I'm 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 not helping. I'm not doing what I set out to do. So um yeah. But I appreciate you doing feature decks with me. And it's been a really fun new venture to get started. And, you know, the requests are starting to come in and, and build up and do better. And, you know, we'll go and get this record out there. And then all these kids are going to be like, I need Jacob screaming on my screamo. Because, man, fucking cost a sacrifice, bitch record I fucking never heard in my life. Another interesting thing, your voice is not North Carolina-esque at all. Um, it's It, it comes out at times for sure. Uh I guess when I'm trying to be prof- professional, it doesn't, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, I- even my, my girlfriend says, like, uh, we'll be laying in bed or hanging out. And she's like, you you sound pretty, pretty Southern right now. <laughs> and I'm just like. It's when you get uh, tired at the end of the night. Yeah. Right? When I get tired, I'm just like, I don't, wanna, I don't even want to try to pronounce anything. So. Hey, baby, you going to give me a biscuit, uh, babe? You going to give me a biscuit and some gravy or no? You got one of them. What's the the cheer cheer wine? That's what cheer wine. Yeah, oh, you got it. one I, of cheer wine, babe. <laughs> <Hey. laughs> that's I work at a barbecue restaurant, and it's that's <sighs> what it is. It's literally just that. that <laughs> hey, let me so get a good. let me get a cheer wine and some uh, barbecue, please. I mean, Not, cheer that, wine, no, please. Of of wine. No, um, please. Give me barbecue now, man. <laughs> see, you know, I thought people were polite in the south. Um, at least people will open the door for you and stuff. That's cool. Um, I mean, it, I, but that's how it, it is here on, in New York. Is uh, uh, let me get a whatever. Yeah, let me get a. Let me get a. And uh, do work in the the service industry is just you. You find all the wrong in the world there. Yeah, yeah I, that's what I did when you know before I was in the band. I was a food runner in an expo in a restaurant for a few years and. That was fun. It was stressful. It was interesting. Cooks are always the most wild characters. Um, they're wild. They suck. Yep. And they're not nice. No. Some yeah. of them are. Yeah. Some of them, but we had most some of good them. ones. For I will say, it for the most part, I had. Well, I guess I was more on the side of the cooks than on the restaurant because I was an expo. Mm-hmm. Where so I would more so like yell at waiters that fucked up and stuff and tell them you fucked stupid. up. How could you fuck up that day? Why could you drop that boy, you stupid sack of shit? You didn't know they're fucking allergic to peanuts while that motherfucker's dying on my table. 
dude it's it's yeah. insane we're we're a barbecue restaurant we'll have people I'm, I'm vegan but people will come in and be like yeah you got any vegan stuff i'm like bro we're we're, barbecue. we're a barbecue restaurant yeah i well that that was where i you know became more passionate about food because i did work in a pretty cool like mediterranean style high-end restaurant but also then when you start really learning and caring about people's allergies and how stuff is prepared, just when people would fuck shit up like that, I made me mad. Because like, man, you could really hurt somebody. That's, yeah. That is no joke. That's some serious shit. But, and when someone's like a vegan and they act, someone gives them pasta with egg in it or something stupid, some dumb shit, that just always drove me wild. I was like, how could you, man? That's that's hurtful. Were you not listening? You're going to fuck their stomach <laughs> up, man. Um, but whatever. Fuck people's diets. Fuck yeah, whatever fuck you want to eat or don't want to eat. Um, if you want to be, a, be. You, like me and eat lots of meat, or if you want to be a bitch like Jacob and not eat meat, <laughs> you can do that too for all you bitches listening. Um, I wonder how many times I said bitch today. I don't know why. That's just the word of the day for me, I guess. Um, so Dude, it's, it's a bad word. It is bitch. a bad word. Hey, yeah. bitch! It's a bad word. As long you as bitch. I'm not saying it to like my my partner, my beautiful, lovely Yonce, I won't. I think I'm in the clear. I won't uh, call like my mom that or whatever. But you, the listener, whoever's in here, <laughs> use a bitch, and I can say that because it's my show, and you can my get tucked, show. bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's a. This is great. It was fun. I loved. Love doing this. I want to do it more. People, <laughs> hello. Thanks, man. Let's yeah, talk. You, you know, it would be cool to hear you on some other podcasts because it's fun to. I try to listen to a lot of the other music podcasts so I can one learn about fun people that I like, just the same way that I'm trying to do with other people. But it's cool to see the little ways that everyone does their show. It's a little bit different, and you know, like hearing a Shane Told interview is very different than hearing my interview than is hearing yeah. 100 words or less. Um, I'm sure you'll do a lot of fun press with this shit because everybody's Hopefully. got time for it, man. Um, and I will certainly, um, if I talk to anybody about it, I'll recommend it because this was a blast and I'm, I'm glad yeah. I got to have you here today, man. Lastly, do you have a, oh, an unsigned band that you would like me to play in my mid-roll mosh? Unsigned band that you want to play? Um, dude, I, fuck... If you I had think about it and texted to me too, if you yeah, something let me. I have friends, bands. I got, I got all kinds of stuff. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely text you about it if I think of one that I really love and want to play. Okay, sweet. Thank you, my dude. Well, thank you for being on the show. I hope you had a good time getting tucked. And uh, hold on one second, and I'll let you go properly uh, off the air. Cool. All right, folks. That's it. Go purchase, download, whatever. The new Chamber record, Cost of Sacrifice, out now via Pure Noise Records. There are some cool options for you. So seriously, please go do that. It is a major help for any young band. And the record's fucking awesome. If you haven't listened to it yet, you're an idiot. So don't be an idiot. I know you're not. You're a smart person. So smart people listen to Cost of Sacrifice by Chamber. Go do it. Last show, we had Dana from Kingdom of Giants on, and their new record, Passenger, is out now. I listened to it a bunch and got some gains to it. As the kids say, it slaps. Next week, we have one of my favorites, Aaron Evans of Like Moths to Flames. We chat all about their new album and deep dive into the band's history. 
Thank you again to Matt, Dave, Eric, and everyone at Sound Talent Media for bringing me on board. Lots of love for you. See you next week. And as always, get to it!